podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all Liverpool-related meltdowns taking place on the internet at the moment. And the latest one surrounds Arsenal and Arsenal being very public with the business that they're trying to do. So, last night David Ornstein had an exclusive that Arsenal were trying to sign Julian Timber from Ajax. And Julian Timber is a good player, but does he start for Arsenal? Probably not. He's a better defensive player than Ben White. Not as good going forward as Ben White. Too short to play as a centre-back. So you'd imagine the plan there is, if Saliba is missing, White goes to centre-back and Timber would play as the right-back. Basically, he's a replacement for Tomiyasu, who I assume will get sold. Uh, one deemed more durable. But is he a needle mover? Not really. And then there's the factor that Arsenal allegedly bid 30 million and Ajax, Ajax won 50. And this follows a trend with Arsenal where they lowballed West Ham on their opening offer for Rice. And now the Rice deal seems a little bit further away for them than it did a week ago. They lowballed Chelsea on the Kai Havertz deal when it could have been wrapped up when Chelsea were desperate for money. But with Chelsea now in the process of selling Mendy, Koulibaly and Zayic and possibly Aubameyang to Saudi Arabia, Chelsea aren't going to need the money as much. Chelsea are going to solve their FFP issues through some dodgy dealings with the Middle East which means they can hold out on getting the fee they want for Kai Havertz. The same thing with the Mason Mount deal in Manchester United. But Arsenal also low-balled Ajax, and reports are that they have looked at Romeo Lavia. Now, it's the spoofer with the catchphrase, and he's saying that they're advancing, whatever that means, no bid made yet. I think he's just regurgitating what Miguel Delaney said recently, which is that Arsenal are a team that are seen as one of the more likely destinations for him, or maybe the more likely destination for him. But again, there's talk that Arsenal's value on him is about thirty million, whereas Southampton are looking for fifty to sixty million. For Romeo Lavia. So, four targets and they're low balling on all of them. So, they're not actually close to signing any of them. And yet, people are in meltdown because allegedly they're being ambitious and we're not. Just allow me to remind everybody we have already signed somebody who's a better player than any of the four being linked 
to Arsenal. Not only that, we are very deep into talks with Nice, with some suggestion that a fee has been agreed. It's just about sorting out the payment structure. We've all already got permanent uh, personal terms agreed with Kefren Turam. So we're further along to signing him, our second signing of the summer, than they are to signing anybody. We've also spoken to Romeo Lavia and his people. And if we wanted to complete that deal, that that deal would be there for us to complete if we wanted to. We've also got broad outlines in place with Manu Kone. That's a deal we can complete if we choose to. The Gabri Viega deal is one we can complete if we wish to. And David Lynch reported that Mickey Van de Ven is a deal that we should be able to complete, which likely means we've already agreed personal terms with the player as well. Just because we're doing our business privately and Arsenal are leaking every step of what they're doing to the likes of David Ornstein doesn't mean they're having a better summer than us. It just means we're working the way we have worked in the past and they're attempting to make it seem like they're some all-conquering kings of the land who are going to spend $300 And the simple fact of it is Arsenal won't have that type of money. They might get Rice and Havertz, and if they get both of them, I think it's very unlikely they get Lavia. Even with Partey potentially leaving... I think it's very unlikely Romeo Lavia goes there because it it would appear, based on reports and people who seem to know, that Kai Havertz would be the replacement for Granit Xhaka and Declan Rice would be the replacement for Thomas Partey. And Lavia isn't going to go somewhere where he's not going to be guaranteed to play. And if we take... Rice and Havertz, and look at that Arsenal situation. As a six, Rice is a significant downgrade on Thomas Partey. As a human being, he's a significant upgrade, obviously. But as a six, he is a downgrade. Now, as an eight, he'd be a significant upgrade on Granit Xhaka. Kai Havertz in the Xhaka role, defensively, is a big downgrade. Attack-wise, yeah, it should be a significant upgrade. Should be. But attack is only half the game. There's a lot of defensive work that goes into this, especially when you're a team like Arsenal who are going to play quite an open style. You're going to be reliant on that left-sided eight, Xhaka last season, potentially Havertz next season to do a lot of dog work because Declan Rice can't do it all himself. So if they've got a midfield three of Odegaard, Rice and Havertz, are they stopping anybody from counter-attacking them? And let's not forget, Granit Xhaka in this past season had nine goals and seven assists and played 3,700 minutes. Is Kai Havertz going to replace that goal tally 
from midfield? That's an ask. It's a big ask. And they're going to be reliant on Odegaard to repeat what he did this past season. I This Arsenal rebuild, as it continues to be, has all the right propaganda, all the right PR, all the right coverage, but when you boil it down, Timber wouldn't start, Lavia wouldn't start, Rice is a downgrade as a six, and Havertz is just a bit of a weird fit as a left-sided eight in a midfield three that also includes Martin Odegaard. So I don't really see any reason to be getting too worked up about them. Go man for man, Liverpool versus Arsenal. Because we're going to play the same type of shape. We're going to play three, two, two, three. So let's go man for man. Allison or Ramsdale? Is that even a question? Is it even close? No, it's Allison by miles. Ibu or Ben White? It's Ibu by miles. Virgil or Saliba? It's Virgil by miles. Let's say we get Van de Ven. Him or Gabriel? You'd probably take Gabriel now. But Van de Ven's ceiling is much higher than Gabriel's. And Gabriel is always prone to a mistake. In midfield, Trent or Zinchenko as the playmaker in the double pivot. Is that a competition? I don't think it is. Fabinho or Rice? As a six, Fabinho is better. As a footballer, at this point, Declan Rice is better. But he's a box-to-box midfielder who's going to abandon position to go chasing the ball around, which means that they're going to be wide open defensively. Havertz or Alexis? It's very clearly Alexis. Turam or Odegaard, it would be Odegaard, to be fair, but Turam's potential is sky high. Salah or Saka? Easy pick. Easy pick. Gakbo or Jesus? I'm taking Cody Gakbo. Diaz or Martinelli? I think it's close, but I, st- I would still take Luis Diaz. And then, in terms of depth and attack, they've got Trossard and Enketia and Reese Nelson. And we've got Darwin and Jota and Harvey Elliott. So I'm taking ours all day. Their depth for their eights, they've got Fabio Vieira, and might that be it? That might be it. I'm taking Curtis Jones, Thiago, all day over those two. In terms of depth at defensive midfield, if they get Lavia, yeah, that's likely to be better than what we have in, in terms of Jordan Henderson, who's just, you know, is what he is. Centre-back depth, they'll have Timber, who's 5'10", Jakob Kiwar, and Rob Holding. I think I'd take Joe Gomez, Joel Matip, and Seb Vandenberg like I, 
We had a dreadful season last year. And in both games against Arsenal, we should have won. In the away game, we were dreadful. Utterly dreadful. And yet, they still needed the referee to get the three biggest decisions of the game wrong. The Saka goal. The Jesus dive. And Gabriel blatantly handling the ball in his own box. Those decisions go our way, we win the game 3-1. And we played terribly. At Anfield, we should have beaten them 5 or 6-2. Mo missed a penalty, Ramsdale made, made some good saves, Ibu missed a big chance. We were the better team. Played them off the pitch. Once we woke up and moved to that new shape, we absolutely dominated them. Playing their game, by the way, at their shape, playing their way. We dominated them. So what are we worried about Arsenal for? They had one good season when the rest of the league was dreadful. United were bang average. Newcastle are bang average. We were garbage. Chelsea were garbage. Spurs were garbage. Yeah, they're spending a lot of money. They're not spending it well. Just because it's names that people know doesn't mean it's money spent well. Oh, and who are you taking? Jurgen Klopp or Mikel Arteta? Like, let's be really honest here about the, the gulf in quality between these two. It's enormous. So settle down getting worked up about Arsenal. <clears throat> who cares about them? That's a soft team that two years in a row have bottled things when the pressures hit them. They bottle top four, then they bottle the title. It's a soft team with no leadership. Odegaard every so often will throw that team on his shoulders and pull them into a game. But he's not grabbing hold of anybody. He's not organising anything. Defensively, they're catastrophically poor when teams counter them. You get the ball behind that defence, get them chasing towards their own goal, and they are at sixes and sevens. They don't know what to be done. And that's exactly where we can exploit them next season. And we will exploit them next season. I have no doubt we finish above Arsenal. All we need to do is take care of our own business. And when I went through that man for man, the hope is it's not Fabinho in that number six position. The hope is it's Manu Kone or potentially even Romeo Lavia. Which improves us even further. Man for man, we're better than them. Collectively, we are better than them. We just played dreadfully. But first half of the season, they were better than us. Second half, we were better than them. They were better than us for half a season. 19 games. That's it. That That's it. 19 games out of six years? Seven years? Seven years? 19 games out of seven years, they were better than us? And people are worried? Just settle down. Stop being so reactive. It's the 20th of June. Transfer windows barely open and we've signed someone and they haven't. Six likely transfers could see Liverpool profit on former players this month. So, 
Uh, Rafa Camacho is apparently set to be sold this summer. And we have a sell-on clause in that deal. Uh, Alan Rodriguez is another. He is set to be sold allegedly by Atletico Monero. And we have a sell-on there. Uh, Camille Grabara, heavily linked now with Burnley. And we have a significant sell-on clause there. Marco Grujic is another one. And then Key Jan Hoiver. So, oh, and Ovi Ejaria. So we might make a little bit of passive income on some of these players, which would all be very good. Arda Guler from Fenerbahce, maybe. Wouldn't he be a great addition? One of the most talented young players in Europe. Has a cheap buyout available right now. Could be could be outstanding if we could make some money off some of these other sales by other clubs and put it all together and go and get someone like him. Um, every Liverpool FC mural and where to find them in the city. This is actually really good. So Sam Milne has put this together and it it includes a map. So if you're going to a game and you want to go and walk around, and have a look at the different murals. This is very, very cool. So uh, Jurgen Klopp is on Jordan Street, on the corner of Jamaica Street. Then we've got Bobby Firmino, who's on Rockfield Road. Another one of Jurgen on Burnand Road, the corner of Randolph Street. Luis Diaz is on Holding Street, at the back of the Sandon. Trent is on Sybil Road, the corner of Anfield Road. Henderson is opposite him on the other wall. Klopp's Champions of 2022, also on Jamaica Street. Two title-winning skippers, Henderson and Hansen, on the old Barn Road. Uh, an ode to Mo is on Basnet Street. I said that wrong. There's also a Mo Salah one on Anfield Road opposite the King Harry. There is a, a Jan Molby one um, with a shout out to, to Troy Hawk right next to Trent. Uh, John Barnes is on ba- uh, Blessington Road. Ian Callahan and Phil Neal also on Blessington Road. Missy Bo Kearns is on Tancred Road, the corner of Anfield Road. That one's actually really, really good. That is really, really good. Uh, St. John and Hunt, they're also on Civil Road. They're next to Henderson. Ian Rush is on Alroy Road, opposite the main stand. Anne Williams is on Sunbury Road, the corner of Anfield Road and Sunbury Road. That's a great one as well. Uh, Ray Clemens is on Wilver Road, the corner of Walton Breck. Stephen Gerrard is on the Sandon Pub, so you can check that one out if you go in that direction. There's another one of Stevie on the Norwick Road. Alan Kennedy is on the Norwick Road as well. There is a Legends Wall at the Ark Hotel, which has Gerrard Carragher. Fowler, Virgil, and Kenny. 
There's a Carragher one on Marsh Lane in Bootle, and that is it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to a game, it's your first time, then it's a fairly easy walk to go and see all of them. Now, the Carragher one is out in Bootle, so it's not a walk. But all the rest of them are very, very easy to to get to. They're all within you know, six, seven minutes of the stadium. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That was really good from Sam. Uh, unsolved Liverpool mysteries from Thiago's witchcraft to Alonso's first penalty. Origi's peculiar Derby Day celebration. Did Gerard miss on purpose? That is the, uh, the penalty against Blackburn when he looked across at Roy Hodgson and then lashed it over the bar. Uh, Thiago's wonder strike against Porto, Louis Garcia's ghost goal against Chelsea, the fact that Alonso took his first ever penalty in a Champions League final, which uh, remains very, very strange. Uh, Mo Salah being on free kicks, which everybody wants that experiment to stop. Uh, On Liverpool.com then, Liverpool more attractive than Newcastle in $87 million Nicola Barella chase amid Steven Gerrard call. Actually, just on Gerrard. Turns out he's not going to Saudi Arabia. He turned down the offer. Um, whether that means he's got an offer in the UK or not, I don't know. But we'll have to wait and see. But in a world where everybody else seems to be heading for Saudi Arabia, including Ruben Neves in what's going to be one of the strangest transfers of the summer. Uh, it looks like Stevie's not going. Um, Kefren Turam signed dream Liverpool midfield lineup next season. Let's have a look. These tend to be dreadful, but we'll have a look at this one. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, I can get on board with this. Um, the suggestion here is that we would sign someone like Zubimendi. Um, I'd be very much in, in favour of signing him from Real Sociedad. He is an outstanding player. As such, come the end of a dream summer, the Liverpool midfield lineup would look something like this. Zubimendi, McAllister, Jones. I'm not sure why Jones would be in over Turam, but, you know, none of them would be safe, though, with pressure from Fabinho, Besetic, and Henderson in the deeper role. Well, Besetic doesn't suit the deeper role, but and neither of the other two are anywhere near as good as Zubimendi is now. Turam, Elliot, and Thiago further forward. Um, look, he's got a point. Zubimendi would actually be a tremendous, tremendous signing. 24 years of age, outstanding on the ball, really, really strong defensively. We haven't been linked. I think he does have a buyout clause. I think it's about 60 million euro, which is just north of 50 million pounds. Um, he would make a lot of sense. Now, he's not huge. I think he's about 5'10", 5'11". But he's great on the ball, and he's really, really good defensively. 
He's not the quickest, a bit like Fab. So he's not that dynamic ball winner type. But if you had him and Trent in a double pivot, they might never give the ball away other than when they're taking risks. And that's fine because that's the ball being lost in the opposition third with us still having plenty of numbers behind the ball. Martin Zubamendi is somebody I could absolutely get on board with. Really good player. Uh, Declan Rice gives double boost to Liverpool Dyson as Jurgen Klopp vote of fate looks likely. Um, it's obviously about Fabinho. I'm not sure what this has to do with Declan Rice, though. Oh, so apparently this is the suggestion that we <clears throat> we might have signed Paulinho from Fulham, but that with Rice going to Arsenal or City or wherever he might end up, um, now West Ham are more likely to sign him. I mean, I don't think we would have signed Paulinho anyway. I don't think that was on the cards for us at all. Liverpool ready to meet 200k salary for young midfield star. I really hope we don't do this. This is Ryan Gravenberch. 200 grand a week for a lad that's not going to be a starter for us would be ridiculous. Ryan Gravenberch is very, very talented. There's big questions about his attitude. There's big questions about his dedication. He's been garbage for two full years. I'm not sure why we would sign him. Uh, David Davis has a piece up on the website. Uh, centre-back signing needed to avoid another midfield-type disaster. And it's basically looking at the options to potentially um, be a backup to Ibu. I don't think that's something we're going to address this summer. I think we're going to hold on to Matip and Gomez for another year and then replace them next summer. I think it'll be a left-footed centre-back this summer and then Virgil and Ibu depth next summer, which, look, given how much we have to do, it's it's kind of fair enough. Um, Neil Jones has said there's no doubt uh, Nice will sell Kefren Turam. I think, I think Neil knows a bit more than he's been letting on. Um, I also noticed, has Neil Jones left goal? Because if he has, that's Neil Jones and David Lynch, who are basically both freelance now. And compared to some of the garbage being employed by national journalists, I mean, they're far superior to most of the local patch journalists. So hopefully both of them can find new homes quite soon. I know Lynch is writing for the for Football Insider, but, you know, let's be fair. It's not, not worthy of his talents. Um, Matthias Musielowski Muzli- is eyeing a return home to Poland, which, I mean, he hasn't made any impact, so it's fair enough. Three Liverpool youngsters that could break into the first team next summer. This was written by Ben Poscod. Uh, Tyler Morton, I'm just going to go ahead and say no. Uh, ben Doak, I think, possibly. And Connor Bradley, I'd be surprised if he's not on loan next season. 
And that is it for the articles. Downey has one coming. I forgot to mention last week he is back writing, so keep an eye out. He's got a Heroes and Villains themed piece coming this week. Um, Podcast-wise, there are three new ones. Uh, Mo Mo Chatra was joined by Mo Shuman, who's another accountant, to discuss... Liverpool's finances and a few other bits and bobs. So check out that on Money Talks. There is a new Scouser Tommies. I can't speak today. Scouser Tommies with Jim and Jay. So do have a listen to that. And then there is a new Minefield. Al, Andrew and Phil Barter are on to have a talk about managing clicks and squads and the importance of everybody having a voice. Minefield is always, always, always brilliant. So make sure you check that out. There will be a scouted recorded tomorrow. It'll probably come out tomorrow. And that's about it for now. So I will see you all tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.